On this week's episode of Moose and Friends, we take a look at the Arizona Diamondbacks' second half of the season so far and dissect where the hell everything went completely and utterly awry for the basement dwellers in the NL West. We also break down some of the top stories around the show, including how it is possible that the worst double play tandem in the game, yes, Javi Baez and Francisco Lindor, can somehow try to show up the Metropolitan faithful after what can only be described as an abomination of athletic showing at the plate this season. We also dive into this weekend's college football slate. Yes, college football is back, and we got games Thursday through Monday, including some big-time matchups like Georgia and Clemson and Notre Dame and FSU. Just remember, I did not say Alabama and Miami. And we'll also talk a little fantasy football, and me and Garrett will do our team of players that have been injured in the preseason or early on in the year, both college football and NFL. So let's get after it. If I made a milli, then my mommy made a milli. Clearly on my next step, took me four hours. Why you can be my guest? Hard to catch sunshine waiting by my desk. Yeah. You want fun times, I need nothing less. I don't want to wait too long, do I have to? A lot of racing thoughts in my head. Mess around and played your parts and you back One shot like I never miss. All right, Garrett, how you doing, buddy? Uh, doing fantastic. Great to be here. Alex. First time, long time. Well, I mean, it's a, the first time. There's no long time because it's never happened before. I've decided to bring oh, on my good listening. pal. Long time good listener. Pal. I'm your best friend. Mm-hmm. I decided to bring on uh, good friend Garrett is what say many it. people say call best friend. Him. Best friend Garrett. Um, we decided to bring him on because, uh, you know, two's better than one. And with football season coming around, uh, Garrett once uh, had a college football season to remember about two seasons ago where he could not miss a bet, it felt like. Mm-hmm. And then he decided to uh, – he thought about quitting his day job and doing it full-time, and then everything turned into a military disaster. But we're ready to turn it around in 2021, mm-hmm. well, to be, are we not? To be fair, at that time, I don't think I had a day job. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, doing it could have Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That can sometimes be the worst thing that can happen because you have too much time on your hands and you start handicapping like – ball state and toledo on a tuesday afternoon well and yeah i was like that's how i know about dustin crumb <laughs> we're looking mm-hmm. at kent state playing maction on a wednesday night and it's like i don't even think the spread was listed i had to go find it somewhere it was uh, you, you, you had to you had to call a phone number to get the score every 10 minutes uh-huh all right well that's that's your boy garrett for you so it's gonna be him and me the rest of the way we'll hopefully get one out every single week on thursday but to start the show as the Moose and Friends podcast was a Diamondbacks podcast before the team decided to turn in an absolute embarrassing showing for about three months. Um, We're back and we're going to talk some Diamondbacks baseball here. The second half, most importantly. And right now, what's funny, Garrett, is the Diamondbacks played last night and they were 44 and 89. So I put in my notes app, 44 and 89. And in parentheses, I put 45 and 89 or 44 and 90. Like there was a chance in hell they were going to win. Well, they, they played the Padres pretty well. I was at work. Um, and I look up at the thing, and it's the seventh inning, and Blake Snell, who probably just two weeks ago I was watching, skipped back-to-back balls and then hit someone off the ground, uh, like the top of the sixth, I think, against the uh, Dodgers. I had a no-hitter through seven. I know, but the Dimebacks still lead the season series in no-hitters 1-0. Shout-out Tyler Gilbert. But you're 100% mm-hmm. right. Blake Snell was Blake Snell was awful for he didn't the finish with longest him. time. Oh, he's, uh, yeah. Uh, he no, he did not finish. Um, no, the uh, manager for the Padres pulled him after seven, and then Patrick Johnson, I believe, the relief pitcher, him gave him a hit. 
Yeah, what a jackass! What an absolute jackass! I riot. That is. I oh, know. I don't, I don't, I don't get on the you team. Can't even, team you bus. can't do that in MLB The Show in real life. No, they don't let you. Stab you. If you try in MLB The Show, the game hard crashes. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, I think once the Padres fired Larry Rothschild, their pitching coach, uh, Blake Snell must have hated him. I saw a meme yesterday where it showed mm-hmm. Blake Snell in a in a Rays uniform, and it was it said it was titled Blake Snell without Larry Rothschild. It seems like it. <laughs> That guy cannot Blake, coach. Dude, Blake Snell looks like shit. I'm not like Blake Snell looks like he was on a bender the other night. Dude, he looks really bad. He Huffy, looks really yeah, white. He looks like he's finished just finished crying. He looks like he's 40, but he's like 25. I know. The, the sad thing is, I'm pretty sure he's younger than us. And I look at him like, man, that guy needs some help. Well, younger than you. I'm I'm a Actually, chicken. yeah, you're 33. Um, yeah, well, <laughs> what in for all those at home who are counting. <laughs> <laughs> you think there's people at home with the, you know, like when you're in prison and you do the, the marks on the wall uh, for the days, you think they're, they're doing that about my age? Alex, 33 years old. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes, but the D-backs did not get no hit. They lost 3-0. They had one hit from David Peralta. So, hey, you know what? A fan Some positives. Favorite. Fan favorite. Huge fan favorite. I still, I still like David Peralta. I think everybody does. He doesn't do anything wrong. And he's just a, he's a happy guy. Happy. Mm-hmm. You know, he used to work at McDonald's. So that's why he's okay staying in the diamond. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> he actually might go back to McDonald's. That now that is funny. That is good. That is good comedy. But speaking of David Peralta, he's got one year left in his contract after this year. D-backs looking to pay him seven million dollars next season. And before you say, "Oh, that's kind of a high number," we don't pay anybody, and we that suck, seems like so, a steal uh, to me. Yeah, it really Peralta does. He's not having the best season. Sheet guy. I'm a huge stat sheet guy. Huge, huge, huge stat sheet guy. Peralta's 33. He's got a 96 OPS plus for those that are keeping score at home. OPS plus is the average is 100. Anything lower means you're below average. Anything higher means you're above average. Analytics, Moneyball, call me Billy Bean mm-hmm. or Brad Pitt. I've but, been calling you Brad Pitt for a little while. Mm-hmm. You think they get confused in the street? Like people go up to Brad Pitt, they go, Mr. Bean, Mr. Bean, can I have an autograph? Um, he goes, no, I'm just an actor, son. Sir, I know I did a great job in that <laughs> Not the guy you're looking for. He pulled up on my dad. I'm not who you think I am. Mm-hmm. Your dad looking like Will. Will I was about to say Will Fuller. Will What's Fuller. his name? Will Fuller. How funny would it be if my dad did look like Will Fuller? And they're like, oh, my God, I saw you go for 193 and three scores last week. He did that before, didn't he? Will Fuller, yeah. My He's dad, in Miami now. Yeah. So good luck. Miami. Um, Miami. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. I, I uh, whitewashed Miami. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, look, looking at the Diamondbacks. 44 and 90. I mean, this season's over and they're playing really well in the second half. Like Garrett said, they're playing the Padres. Well, they had a one, they had a span where they went like six and one where they swept the Phillies and then they took three or four from the Padres. So they've looked good at times. Which must've felt like winning the Super Bowl. For me, it did. But at the same time, you're trying to go for the first overall pick and going six and one when the Orioles lose 19 straight, uh, it's a recipe for disaster. That's true. I mean, to be fair, though, first overall pick, Diamondbacks probably traded in two years. He ends up being an absolute superstar somewhere else. Are you trying to talk to say Dansby Swanson? Um, is going Dansby to Swanson. Uh, Tuki, I mean, Tuki Tucson wasn't the first pick, but Tuki no, Tucson, solid that's in Atlanta so funny. right now. Justin Upton. Uh, I liked him. J-O. Yeah, so did I. But I just decided to kind of look at the Diamondbacks as a whole and kind of where they are right now with, you know, less than a month to play in the season. They got September mm-hmm. left. And, I mean, Carson Kelly – the catcher 119 OPS plus young, still a lot of years of uh, control for the Diamondbacks. Uh-huh. He's somebody that they need to play every single day. If not, you know, four out of every five games. And then 
you know, Dalton Varsho, the backup catcher, also corner outfielder, former top prospect for the Dimebacks. He's having a great year, slugging 441. He's 24 years old. He's a catcher and corner outfielder, so he has versatility. I think he needs to be in the lineup every single day. I don't think there's a chance you could pull him out, especially with the versatility that he has. Yeah. Um, so I like what they got going out there. Then you look at first base. Your boy, Christian Walker, I remember in the beginning of the year, I was like, who should we take to lead the MLB in home runs? And you're like, can I put money on Christian Walker? And honestly, if you look at his per 162 from 2019 to 2020, hit 262 with 28 bombs and 83 RBIs. So I was like, you know what, Gary, if they even had his name on the um, to put money on him for action, I would say do it. But he wasn't there. But honestly, 28 bombs per 162, and you would think maybe he takes a step forward, hits 35 out. Now, isn't he, isn't he kind of older though? Like he is because like he was one, isn't he? Yeah, he was with the Orioles and they released him and then he came here and he was pretty good. He was always in Paul Goldschmidt's shadow. So yeah, he is older. Yeah. But um yeah, he's got an OPS of 671 this year. Guy cannot, I mean, he cannot get anything going right now. He is older, so I would say Christian Walker should probably take a back seat to some of these younger guys, like a, a Paven Smith, who's been called up um at the beginning of the year. 268 average always known to you know he's a contact hitter played mm-hmm. college ball at virginia i like him a lot so he needs to get a lot of pt i think christian walker like you said he's older not having a great year i do think 19 and 20 was big and i think that's what they're kind of hanging on to because he's got it I mean, mm-hmm. you do that in the show for two years you're a pretty good baseball player so who knows what they'll do with him but as of right now I think if he is lacking the confidence let paven smith get the work in there and let uh, spring training kind of be christian walker's time to turn a corner and then you know i go over to second base and we have you know Cattell Marte. he's an absolute star right yeah that poor bastard is here uh, yeah, putting i don't, up I don't huge know where numbers. he came from now Cattell came from seattle and yeah, we got him and taiwan walker for you're cutting out a little bit on my end a lot okay and he's in that he's in that paul goldschmidt kind of um contract situation right now where we signed paul goldschmidt to a big deal a very team friendly deal and then Mm. we ended up sucking for like seven eighths of the years that he spent here does that make sense mathematically i'm sure it did um it's close enough yes 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 and now cattell is going to be making 10 million on average for the next three years for a guy that should honestly be making 25 million, especially when he's healthy. He's one of the better young players in the league and he's plays infield and outfield. So I love him at second base and center field. And then you still have Josh Rojas, who's one of the better younger players on our team hits for average. He can slug. I like him a lot as well. 114 OPS plus if Eduardo Escobar didn't make the all-star game, if we would have traded him beforehand to Milwaukee, I think Rojas is super utility guy from millennium high school in goodyear i think he oh, really in the yeah oh yeah yeah cam said he wasn't gonna be that good remember that cameron remember that you said he wasn't gonna be that good yeah um anyways great player for us so i think second place is a lo- uh, second place second not second place fourth place is locked up but uh uh-huh. second base is locked up for the Diamondbacks. and then you move over to shortstop and your boy nick ahmed oh lord fa- i think that's your favorite player well, because I want a Nick Ahmed to be so good. Like you I look at Nick, Nick Ahmed, Ahmed jersey. Yeah, he's like a son, son to me. Even though he's like five years older than I me, think he's but just about your age. But <laughs> go on. Oh man, I mean Nick Ahmed for the last 
from 2018, what was it, 2018, 2019, he could hit for power. I think he hit like 15 to 20 home runs those two years. Got RBIs, hit like 65 to 70 RBIs. I know, it sounds crazy. He won back-to-back gold gloves. 2020, he struggles a bit in the field, can't hit. And now 2021, a little bit of both. Struggling in the field, can't hit. I mean, he's pulling a Christian Walker. And unfortunately for us, we don't have a lot of shortstop depth. So I don't know who mm. you could put there besides Josh Rojas. We had Gerardo Perdomo come up, top 25 prospect to start the year. Now he's not even in the top 100 because he's been that damn bad in the minor leagues. He's in 200 in double A, slugging 291. He is only 21 years old, but holy hell, I think it's time to send him to like single A or I don't know. Some, yeah, do something. You got to do something. Uh, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. And that's Gerardo Perdomo. Uh, right now send him to Western Nebraska Pioneers. I agree. Send him to the. I think he's, he's more of a sod buster. But uh, I think he would have played for Hastings, or maybe he could have played for the Sioux Falls Sunfish, or my favorite <laughs> team, the Fremont Moo. But he's got to do the something. The Fremont Moo is what I'd hope. The Fremont Moo. The Fremont Moo are amazing. So, I mean, shortstop. Honestly, I'm all in for it. I think they should have done a complete teardown and rebuild. I think they should have traded absolutely anybody that was over the age of 26. I'm talking anybody. Yeah, they thought about it, but you can't trade him. You look like a bunch of jackasses. Plus, I would riot. Pitt, well, I'd I be think, the only one. But. I think if they did trade Cattell for prospects, you look at that team next year, and they're like 17 and 82. And yeah. <laughs> and their average Lavula, age is 15. Lavula is still in charge, right? Uh-huh. Lavulo shoots himself in the dugout mid-game one day. Mm-hmm. The average age is to evacuate eight. the stadium because it sounds like it's a terrorist attack. Oh, it was flashbacks to Washington. I st- people kind of forgot all about that, that there was a shooting right by the national stadium. I know. I think it was like not related to anything like no, but not still, related I think- to terrorism. But people's people heard that mm-hmm. edge of their seats jumped out. Oh, yeah. Someone brought the Glicky. I'm sorry, popping off shots. But, glicky got that sticky. I mean, um, yeah, gang, gang, boy. Um, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure we're going to get to the outfield um, before we do. Have we done third base yet or no? We have not. You, you have something do, to say about third, third base. base? I don't want to derail it. Do third base, and then we'll talk about you know, who, who I know you know I want to talk about. Uh, well, in third base, I mean, you have Drew Ellis, a former college standout at Louisville, second-round pick. He's a solid minor leaguer, 950 OPS this year in Reno. And I like him a lot, but things just aren't clicking for him right now. But I think he needs to get more playing time. And then Alex Young as well, another young player, 560 slugging percentage this year. Pop, pop, pop. This guy can hit 861 OPS in the minors. He came over in the Paul Goldschmidt trade. I think those two need to switch off. Andy, I mean, this guy can hit. Young can straight up hit. I think he might be one of the better players we got. Um, in these trades in the Mike Hazen era. And I think, you know, sending him up and sending him down, sending him up, sending him down because he doesn't play great defense. It's just a mistake. We played Jake Lamb at third. Homeboy cannot play third base to save his life. Jake Lamb can play third base. Andy Young can play third base. But let's move on to the outfield. What do you got to say about the outfield there, bud? Um, so I know you told me there was, uh, there was a bit of a developing story with Christian Robinson, um, who, uh, who, by the way, I have, uh, a couple, a couple very, very nice, very mint primo rookie cards. Uh, you know, prism refractors and all that. Um, were you just saying that to make me mad, or did he actually go off and his wife and and La República Dominicana? Well, ninety five percent of the time, I try to just piss you off, but no, he straight up had like a mental breakdown on like I, I think it was the fifty one or the one hundred one. I forgot, I forgot which highway in Phoenix. Oh, it was in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. So he he had like a mental breakdown, and I think they um 
he had to do like community service or something, but they sent him back to the Dominican Republic. I, you know, if he's not from the DR, you and I look like a bunch of jackasses right now. But, yeah, well, uh, I got that information straight from you. So <laughs> I th- he's he's not right from here. He, he's from like Venezuela, the Dominican Republic. Somewhere. Okay. I mean, Robinson, I assumed you, it was an American last name, but I have no, 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 no. He, he's overseas I right now. This, right? Huh? I can curse, right? What? I mean, when in Rome, Garrett. I figured. Uh, um, we've already said worse things. You, you said Tori Lovello was going to kill himself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so we've already, we've already, we've already dished the that whole family friendly fly. content. Uh, no, that's so true. that's true. No, but straight up, um, Christian Robinson is, let's just say the DR he's overseas right now. He has to come back, but he can't get a visa right now. Cause he needs like, I don't know. There's a charge out for him. He's got a criminal record or whatever it yeah, is. Now. Yeah. It was like an abuse charge or it's no, 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 no. He, I think he's okay, so you cop. were just trying to make me mad. No, but I think he assaulted. I still think it's pretty bad, but the problem is he can't serve his probation time when he's not because here he's not in America. and he can't get a visa because he's got a record here. So right now we're having issues getting him back. He was another guy as well as Gerardo Perdoma that was in the top 100 last year. And neither one of them are in the top 100 this year. Mm. Perdomo because of performance and Robinson because straight up, we don't know what's going to happen. And Corbin Carroll, the other outfielder that the Dimebacks had in the top 100, uh-huh. he tore his like ACL or some shit in the first week of the season. So Carroll's out. Robinson's I like overseas. Like a, I feel like that's not an injury you see in baseball that much. No, but he's he's a big speed guy. He's like, I think oh, they yeah. said like he could steal up to like 50 bases. He's like a Whit Merrifield type. So oh. him being hurts big. And then Alec Thomas is still good. But I mean, to think you start the season with three top 100 prospects, one can't get back into America. The other one's, you know, nursing an injury and the other one is the only one actually playing so as far as the outfield goes luckily they have the three outfielders and they still have some other young guys they have Stuart Fairchild another top prospect in the system not as big as the other guys 800 um, minor league OPS 976 in Reno this year you got to remember though the PCL is like a launching pad so Drew Ellis Mm -hmm. big numbers I mean shit remember um CJ Crone's brother Kevin Crone hit like 50 home runs in AAA and everyone's like man he's gonna be a beast and then he got up here and he had an underwater swing. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. Uh, Stewart's uh, 25 years old. He was on the COVID list for a while. He's 1-11 in the pros, but I think he needs to get a more look out there. And same with Jake McCarthy, another guy in the top 30 for the Dimebacks who got called up. Him, like Ellis, was a phenom at U of A. Uh, not U of A. Not U of A. Trust me, UVA. He hit 337 when he was there. Now he hits 270 in the minors with solid pop. He's 23 years old. So I say make it like a revolving door out there, whether it's Paven Smith, Stuart Fairchild, Jake McCarthy. It can't be, you know, Robinson because he's he's overseas mm-hmm. currently. Because he's a, he's a political prisoner. <laughs> yeah, he's a political prisoner. You get it. So, I mean, that's the state of the Dimebacks right now. Um, honestly, from a hitting perspective, I don't think it's that bad. Like if you told me, Josh Rojas was going to keep doing what he's doing. Carson Kelly, Cattell Marte. That's three solid guys right there that are not perennial all-stars, I would say. Cattell is. The other two are just really, really good baseball players. And then working around with guys like Paven Smith, and hopefully you know, you throw enough, enough shit at the wall with uh, Drew Ellis and Jake yeah. McCarthy and even Andy, Andy Young, one of them sticks, and spend, spend a little bit of money. And I know they don't want to, God forbid, but spend not, a little bit of money. It's not their DNA. No, you could have a start of pretty good starting one through eight. And Nick Ahmed, as long as he can just field still, I feel like that bat has uh, gone to waste a little bit or his performance has just fallen off a cliff. But mm. hell, it, it might be kind of hard to suit up every day for 44 90 teams. So 
Maybe I'll That's give him the true. benefit of the doubt. No, it's got to be fucking but, boring. I know, right? Like you're at home and you're like playing Fortnite. Okay, it's the same 2019. You're playing Apex or Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> Fortnite dancing on people and it's like 5.30. You're like, oh shit, I got to go to the oh ballpark. The game's coming out. And they're like, dude, weren't you supposed to be there at 3 o'clock for BP? And you he says, mm-hmm. shut up, baby. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, the hitting's not the problem. It's the bullpen. So I was on Baseball Reference yesterday and I just went through mm-hmm. some of the names that have checked in for the Dimex to tow the slab this year. Joe Mantiply. 47 overall in MLB. That, the show. Honestly, I think that's, I have seen him because, okay, so I was at work and I look up, Diamondbacks are playing the Padres and I see Joe Mantiply step out there and I'm literally going up and down the bar being like, guys, this guy's a 47 in MLB this show. Can you believe they did him that dirty? And he just got fucking shelled. No, he's the worst ranking. He throws like 89 down the middle. He's got a change up that comes in at like 80. Everything comes in at 89. Uh-huh, you can't help it. Slider grip tries to tries to get it to horizontal break. Nope, 89 down the no, middle. He's, 89 just, down. he's just not a very good he's a pitcher. Machine. And, he's a pitching and, machine. I mean, you look at that. They should have do the home run derby for the Diamondbacks. They Joe Mantiply, that's so yeah. funny. But but you, you, you don't tell you don't tell him to change anything. You just say do, like, hey, do your just normal go stuff. Out there, stand on the mound. Do you? Do you, kid? <laughs> Pat him on the shoulder, say, throw some Chad. Yep, I know. I agree 100%. And then and then you get guys like, so Joe Mantiply, 47 in the show, three years mm-hmm. with New York, uh, um, on and off with the Yanks, terrible ERA. Then you have Matt Peacock, who was working on a farm, I'm pretty sure. I forgot, he was working somewhere as a farm or like a concession stand at you know, Western Nebraska pioneers. Those are two, I don't those are two very different. Yeah. He was doing something, Matt Peacock, and he's a good story. He's working at the place, the Sunday, the what's the ice cream Sunday place that Matt Saracen works at. Yeah. He was working. Yeah. Making Jimmy's. Uh, what's that place called? Oh, who knows? But anyways, he's yeah. easy freezer, freezy king. Yeah. Some shit. Yeah. Matt, Matt Peacock. Um, he's a good story. His first win ever was that extra innings game at Coors Field where he got his first hit as well. He showed up big for us. And then we're like, you know what? Maybe you can throw him in the rotation for a spot start. Gets absolutely shelled. You look him up. It, he's not just not a very good pitcher. And like I said, it's a good story, but there's a reason he wasn't in the show last year. And um, this guy has been on and off the rotation all year for us. And that's, you know, never really a recipe for a success. And then a couple other guys that we've, we've claimed off waiver is just trying to piece together a rotation. Brett DeGoss. From the, the Rangers, um, he had like a 70 RA with the Rangers, and like, okay, we, we got to cut you. You just cannot get it done for us. And the Diamondbacks are like, come on down. So uh, that's never good. Uh, Sean mm-hmm. Poppin has a six ERA um, on and off with other teams, including Seattle. Uh, we decided to pick him up. And then Seth Frankoff had a 10.24 ERA in 2020 with Seattle with a few appearances. And we were like, hey, you know what? If you want to get a little bit more action in there, oh, come on down. So those are one, two, three, four, five arms right there that are just downright terrible at the game of baseball. Mm, uh, I wouldn't say that, that are the game of major league baseball. Yes. They're non-rosterable. And yet we're throwing them out there. Some, I, Degas got a save chance the other day. Absolutely blew it. But um, mm. I mean, what are you going to do? Cause you look at the guys who started the season with the Diamondbacks, and you know, you had Joaquin Soria, you traded him for nothing, but mm. you know, expiring contract. You had Alex young, who was really, really good for us in 2019 we ended up waving him because he couldn't get anything really done for us. He's with Cleveland now. Kevin Ginkle was a star in 2019. He's awful. Another star from the 2019 team. Remember, they went 85 and 77, and they had to do that without Paul Goldschmidt. It's because they had a really good bullpen that was Kevin Ginkle and Jan Lopez. Lopez got shelled. I gave up a ton of home runs. Kevin Ginkle was awful. Another guy that they had that was pretty good that year, Stefan Krejcian. 
He's been awful this year as well. All three, two of those have been designated for assignment, Lopez and Kreitchen. And Ginkle got sent down to AAA, and I think he's on the 60-day IL now. Mm-hmm. And the only one that's been good that started the year is Tyler Clifford. And we decided not to trade him. God knows why, but probably because you need at least one bullpen arm, one capable guy to shut down the ninth, and he's the closer right now. Don't. Yeah, they don't. At 44 and 90, you don't. But um, Get a concession so- worker, close the game. Have mm-hmm. me close the game, but honestly, you mm-hmm. look at the bullpen. You look at the bullpen, and that is, I think, reason one why they're so bad. It's because you got to pitch nine innings. So it's a long game. Starters only go five, six, seven innings nowadays. Nowadays, especially in the NL West, eighth, ninth inning, you're probably gonna have to face the Machados, the Tatises, the Justin Turners of the world. Good luck. And then I decided lastly to look at the starting rotation. How have we been in the second half of this season? Um, your boy Mad Bum. Your boy Mad Bum. Um, don't you love Mad Bum? Um, you say former. I mean, boy. I did my former boy. Um, oh. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike Mad Bum. I remember, like, probably when I was getting just like tangentially interested in baseball, Mad Bum was like a star for mm-hmm. uh, San Francisco, and then they would also show him like pregame taking BP and like cranking things, and I convinced myself that he was sh- like Shohei. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most before Shohei even existed, so I was like, "Oh yeah," and then we got him, and I was like, "Hmm." And I thought when myself, Shohei was maybe. a wee child, yeah, Shohei yeah. was thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, uh, from what I understand, I really have not two followed years Diamondbacks you know, baseball now. this year. Um, I'll tell you right now, the right. second I Nor moved to you. San Diego, yeah, the second I moved to San Diego, I was like, mm. <laughs> I just pretended I never watched baseball before. Uh huh. The Diamondbacks. Like, what this? sport is that? baseball huh you grab the baseball you're like what do you do with this thing you try to put it it with my pinky and my thumb i go like this Uh (laughs) you grabbed a baseball bat and you held it by the barrel (laughs) (laughs) no but but seriously madbone madbone this year has actually been he's been on and off um second half he's three and four at the 297 era that's what you want from your ace for sure Mm -hmm. he's got a 1.07 whip 667 ops against almost 666 that'd be trouble Mm. but um no he's been good this year for the most part yeah and this season he's got a 3.90 home era at one of the harder ballparks to pitch at in chase field in july he was an absolute star he went 18 innings pitch four earned two era and he only won one game, so uh, you said shocker. He's three I think and four not. right now. Um, in the second half, he's three and four with a two point nine seven ERA. Oh, okay. Anytime you're, uh, yeah, no, for the season, it, it, he, like, he had he some only had rough stars. Seven games that were a decision seven decisions. <laughs> he's been good for the most part, and it kind of sucks because he decided to turn it off, turn it on, I should say, in July, and kind of when the Diamondbacks are out of it. But he still had some when decent starts. Making fun of him. Yeah, he had some decent starts in the first half. And there's still something there, I think, and if he can finish well. Uh, the rest of the year, that's always a good sign heading into 2022. Mm. But the problem is how competitive are they really going to be? So, I mean, the guy could give up no runs. I don't think it's going to make a difference. Look at Jacob DeGrom. Even when he was a baller for two years, the Mets couldn't even make the playoffs. So, I mean, they obviously need more than that, but it's always a good sign to see him doing Mm. that and him not being the main cause of issues when it comes to a bad baseball team. And then, you know, looking at the other guys, you know, Luke Weaver's on the IL. He's the two-pitch pitcher right now, fastball changeup. He still has that cutter and the curveball. See if he mixes it in when he comes back. I believe he's starting today or he's in the rotation this week. So we'll see what he can do. And uh, speaking of the Padres and the Diamondbacks and that no-hitter earlier, Tyler Gilbert, no-no against the Padres. I watched that. They turned it on in the seventh inning. Um, they, he was getting – I've never seen someone get shelled in a no-hitter, but he was getting absolutely shelled. Um, 
750 hit probability on the last out line drive off the bat of Tommy fan to Tommy fam to Cattell Marte. Mm. Um, mind you, this was Tyler Gilbert's first start Garrett. He's one of three in the modern era to throw a no hitter in his first start. The other two being Bumpus Jones and Bobo Holliman both sound like circus clowns. I was going to say, it sounds like three people who, who gotten, who lucked the three their way into a no hitter. Yeah. 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 You had Bumpus and Bobo baton twirling and tap dancing their way onto the mound as they <laughs> threw a no hitter. And Tyler Gilbert, meanwhile, was one of 135 starts this season where a starting pitcher allowed 10 plus hard hit balls in the other 134 the averages on those hits were 495. So it was 50, 50 chance that one of those balls mm. were going to land for a base knock in Tyler Gilbert's. It was zero, zero, zero. Cause he gave up no hits. So I got to say most improbable no hitter I've ever seen, not only because of his first start, but Tyler Gilbert, like my boy, Matt Peacock, I think was working at his dad's insurance company last year. And now he throws a no hitter and he decided to follow up that no hitter by getting shelled against, I think Colorado at their place. So um, is it going to be one of those kind of, one game wonders, probably I would expect it to be, but still pretty neat. I would say, yeah, yeah, it's definitely going to be one of those one hit wonders, but yeah. definitely a bright spot for an otherwise terrible 2021 season for the Diamondbacks. Um, could Gilbert become a relief pitcher in the long term? I hope so. That's what I'm hoping for him because right now the bullpen's terrible. You're gonna have to spend money to revamp the whole thing like you did this year. So, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? Maybe something changes this year. Um, or going into next year, and Tyler Gilbert can be a holdover that actually continues to find success in the major leagues. And then last two guys that are even worth talking about, um, Zach Allen. He gave up three earned last say, night. Where's Zach Allen and all that? Yeah, he, he, you know he's two and seven this year. No, two and eight. He lost last night. He gets no run support. Uh, this was stats from last night: 102 Ks, 85 things pitched here. The ERA is up at 4.32. He was pretty good last night. He did give up the Machado two-run blast, but when you get zero runs of support and one singular hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, you pretty much have to be perfect for yourself to uh, not get a loss. So, but his last few games, I mean, seven innings pitched, nine Ks against Colorado, five innings pitched, six Ks against Philly. And I don't have the updated stats from last night, but I remember watching him give up the two run shot to Machado in the fifth. And I think he came out for the six. So if it was six innings, three earned, still a quality start. So I still mm-hmm. like Zach Allen yeah. a lot in the long run, but you got to get him help. Mach- um, yeah. Bumgarner, Gallon, that's it. You got to find more starting pitching. I don't think it's t- um, uh, right now. I don't Merrill Kelly's on the IL probably going to be him. Um, then you have your boy Bumpus, AK Bumpus Jones, AKA Tyler Gilbert, but I think he goes in the bullpen and then fifth being Taylor Widener. Last guy we need to talk Bumpus about. Jones. He's, he's fell off a cliff in July. He gave up 11 runs on 12 innings pitch four home runs, 7.82 ERA. And one of the first mm-hmm. ever moose and pods, Moose and Friends podcast episodes. I talked about how this guy was a standout at T- um, in college. I think it was TCU. No, that's Alex Young. Anyways, Widener was a standout. He broke the top 100 before he went to Double A Jacksonville in 2018. I want to say got absolutely shelled. But other than that, he has a track record of success in the minors. He has cracked a top 100 list before. I think he can figure it out. Right now, he's doing pretty good. He's got a 4.07 ERA in August. Not great, but for a number five, number four, you will 100% take that. He's given up way too many home runs. Five more home runs that he's given up. He's given up five home runs this month in August. He gave up four in all of April and March and one start in May. So what I'm getting at, limit the home runs. 4.07 ERA is not bad, but you limit the home runs. You can be sub four, mid threes. I'll do it. So right now, what I'm hoping for the Diamondbacks is – Still compete. I think they have the bats. We went over the bats. I think the bullpen is atrocious. There's no fixing that. 
there's absolutely no fixing that. It reminds me of the scene from This Is The End when uh, who is uh, McBride tries to put tape over the cracked wall. Scotch tape, that is. That's the same thing with the bullpen. It, you, that movie, it, that movie is a classic. You know, it, it's underrated. I laughed my really ass is. off. We, when I, saw I know that we saw theater. that. We saw that in theaters. I gotta watch it again. Do you think it's on any streaming site? Oh God, I have no idea. I can I can snail man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The well, we could. We we don't we don't condone right, pirating movies the, as well. I can well. play the DVD over Zoom so you can. Uh -huh, the VHS. The computer doors. <laughs> if you have the VHS, let me know. <laughs> I drove. Um, you know what they got rid of is the drive-in movie theaters, but whatever. Um, they brought them back. I saw one on my way to Pine Top. Um, it's a, it's was... a thing again because of COVID, I think. Well, yeah. it's, been, it's more popular now. I think you want to open one? It seems like a slam dunk. Uh, that seems like a like quicksand for your money. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I think that's a terrible idea as well. But I think they'll compete offensively. Like I said, the ballpen's a disaster. And I want to see good things mainly from the starting pitchers, whether mm -hmm. that's Merrill Kelly and Luke Weaver when they get back, Matt Bum the rest of the way, Taylor Widener kind of filling in as a number four, number five the rest of the way, and even, you know, maybe even a, a Tyler Gilbert just because he threw a no-hitter, and I want it to be kind of a cool story, not one of those. You're like, I don't want it to turn into a trivia uh, question yeah. down the road. When people go, who? I don't want that to happen. But last but not least, Garrett, the Diamondbacks are now in second place in position number two for the upcoming 2022 MLB draft now that the Orioles are on a 19-game skid. I mean, they, they gave up nine straight runs in like six games in a row. Keegan Aiken's like a one and nine with an 80 RA. The Orioles are downright awful, and they're doing everything they possibly can to lock up the number one pick. And right now, the consensus number one pick is Elijah Green, outfielder out of IMG Academy. And for me right now, I'm like, okay, well, if we don't get the number one pick, Maybe a college bat's going to show up here, go two overall. Maybe there's going to be a high school standout next season that's going to show up, and he's going to jump up the draft boards. Maybe last Green Falls. Who knows? But what I did was I went back and I looked at the three picks, the top three picks of every draft from 2007. Because right now the Rangers have 46 wins. We have 44 wins. I think the Orioles have like eight wins. But mm -hmm. all I know is this. Not every number one overall pick is a slam dunk. That's in every single sport. Not every number two pick is an absolute slam dunk. So, so on and so forth. So I went back, started in 2007. The top three picks were as followed. David Price, all-star um, with the Rays, all-star with the Tigers, pretty good now with the Dodgers. Um, Mike Moustakis, like World Series hero. I like he completely took the Red Sox out of uh, David Price's. <laughs> Yeah, because I had him in fantasy when he was with the Red Sox, and he was like, I have a bone bruise. I think I'm going to be out two weeks, and like, I'll make it two months. But, uh, and then, so yeah, there's two good players David Price, Mike Mustakis, and then Josh Vitters. I was like, who? Looked him up, hit 121 for the Cubs in one season. That was it. So I don't know that's, what he's doing that's now. Tight. I don't know if you bartend with him. I don't, I don't know if he door dashes with me, but uh, Josh Vitters is the third pick. So he's gone. Then I went to 2008. Tim Beckham was the first pick overall. Hit 66 bombs with the White Sox and the Rays. Never panned out. Pedro Alvarez had a couple good seasons with the Pirates. Never really panned out. Third pick, Eric Hosmer. World Series hero with Mike Boustakis. Panned first, out. First so, ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, San Diego Padres <laughs> ring of honor. Um, then I went to 09. Yeah. Steven Strasburg, Dustin Ackley. Strasburg, World Series hero. Dustin Ackley got a cup of coffee with Seattle. Never really panned out. Went to the Yankees. Mm -hmm didn't pan out, out I know who it is, though. in two years yes and then donovan tate 
never got out of single A. I'm Third pick was awful. Second pick didn't work out. First pick really worked out. 2010, Bryce Harper, Jamison Tyon, Manny Machado. Harper, Hall of Famer in my eyes. Machado, multiple-time All-Star. Jamison Tyon, the second pick, decent starting pitcher, nothing great. 2011, Garrett Cole, Hall of Famer. Danny Holson, yeah, Garrett Cole, absolute stud. Danny Holson. He he struggled with performance and injuries, so he's kind of like a tale of just things happen. So, but mm. still a bust. And then Trevor Bauer, who is now I'm pretty sure in uh, police custody as yeah, of now. He's, so. he's in a super max federal prison. Yeah, <laughs> he's in that Spain. federal faci- facility in Colorado. Yeah, so uh, I would say he panned out for the team. Well, no, the Diamondbacks drafted him, so he did not pan out for them 100%, but he panned out for the Reds, and he uh, panned out for the Indians. That's Um, who it was. Careful, the Guardians. The Guardians. (laughs) Do not cancel me, please. 2012, Carlos Correa, All-Star. Byron Buxton, finally turned into All-Star in 2021, but took a while. My favorite player. Mike Zanino, All-Star catcher. 2013, Mark Appeal, Apple. I think I don't know. Mm. There's a reason I don't know. Injuries yeah, and performance he, he, he. never made the made the show. Chris Bryant and John Gray. Gray's an okay starting pitcher for Colorado. Chris Bryant's an MVP. Mark Apple never made the league. 2014. Bryce Taken didn't sign. Went first round the next year. He's out of the league. Tyler Kolak. He's a free agent. Carlos Rondon took till 2021 to make be an All Star. Pretty bad draft, but so far so good. 2015. Dansby Swanson. Alex Bregman and Brendan Rodgers. Swanson's everyday shortstop for the Braves. Should be for the Diamondbacks. Bregman, all-star. Brendan Rodgers finally catching a stride in 2021. And then 2016, Mickey Monick. He's kind of uh, on and off with the Phillies right now. Nick Senzel on and off with Cincinnati. And Ian Anderson, starting pitcher, all-star caliber player for the Braves. So looking back at it, the first pick does not guarantee success. Price good, Beckham bad, Strasburg good, Harper good, Cole good, Correa good, Apple bad, Aiken bad, Swanson good, Monic we don't know yet. So for the mm. most part, though, it's pretty good. Then you go to the second pick overall, which I think the Diamondbacks are going to get, and all of a sudden, Mike Bustock is good, Pedro Alvarez so-and-so, Dustin Ackley bad, Tyon bad, Holton bad, Buxton took a while, Bryant good, um, Bregman very good, Senzel, we still don't know yet. So... What I'm saying is don't panic. I just want to see good baseball and don't fall out of the top three. Okay. Don't, mm. don't get cute and win 56 games. Okay. Lose 110 games. Do what you were meant to do. Okay. That's what I'm getting at right now, but I just want to see good performance, but anybody that's panicking about Elijah green, pump the brakes, pump the brakes. Cause we don't know if he's going to be good. And like Garrett said, even if we do draft him, he'll probably be playing for another team in about two mm. years. They don't have to find a way to trade him. That being well, said though, We'll train for Adam Dunn. Um, that being said, though, Elijah Green, that's a Hall of Fame name. It like is. I said, like I said, you put the right name on a jersey, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know who it is. Illuminati, uh, NWO. You're losing me. <laughs> they may, You're they losing may, me. <laughs> you know, Ladanian Tomlinson had a great name. It works out. It does, saying, it does, it like, does. You know, Edgerin James, you're telling me Edgerin James is not going to be good at football. Name. You've lost mm-hmm. your marvels. You get, you get a solid last a name player. on there, mm-hmm. a really cool first name, and that's and all a you nickname. Need. And he has to Larry have a cool Fitz. Number, yeah. Larry Fitz, nah, come nah. on. 
Yeah, Larry, Fitz, Larry Fitzgerald is actually one of the people that overcame a shitty last name. To, yeah, to but make your it nickname cool. Fitz isn't bad, though. Like, no, Fitz, Fitz, is, cool. Fitz is cool, but like Nick Fitzgerald, the, old, the Mississippi State quarterback, that doesn't I know. Well, when He's you have no choice, yeah, yeah. At sometimes your 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 hands are tied and you're, you're done. Yeah. You're a wrap. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I don't make the rules. I don't. So mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but you're right. So we'll see. But. I think that's enough Dimebacks talk for just about anybody on planet Earth right now. I know so we've we are lost gonna, all the listeners. With this I know, time. right? The, don't worry. I put a timestamp that's going to start right now. We're going to talk a little. Oh, no, 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 no. I forgot the big story of the weekend. Uh, how about Javi Baez? Javier Baez. I'm going to get – I am going to – you know, I got to have a word here about Javi Baez. Javi Baez strikes out like 40% of the time. Javi Baez has 230 strikeouts in his last 162 games. Javi Baez has walked 43 times in that span, or I think it was 22 times. The man strikes out more than anybody. He's like, he's man, that will be the show. Yes, he's got <laughs> – when you're trying to when, – when you look and the starting pitcher has 66 pitches in the ninth. Javi Baez <laughs> is having a tough two years. And the fact that he decided to do the thumbs down towards the Mets – fan base during a game because he finally hit a home run when he was hitting like 167 since he's been traded to the Mets is an absolute abomination of sportsmanship and just quality baseball on the part of Javi Baez. And Francisco Lindor joining in, those two have been downright terrible. And I 100% do not side with them. Sometimes I'm like, okay, the fans, like the Yankee fans, like the Yankees with 15 games over 500 and a pitcher will get shelled and everyone boos them. Okay, calm your shit, Okay. You know what I'm saying? I'm all for but, booing uh, New York people, though. Yes, yes, yes. Those. Part of their personality. But the, mm. the Mets are terrible. I would boo all the time. And those two have been terrible. And they pay them big money. Yeah. They traded a lot to go get Javi Baez. And neither one of them can hit. So right now, I'm anti-Javi Baez, anti-Francisco Lindor. I'd rather have Nick Ahmed and Josh Van Meter. Who's okay, the maybe guy not. that hits uh, like four or five for the Pete Alonso? No, 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 no. Oh, Nimmo? Conforto? Dominic Smith. Dominic Smith. That's what I'm thinking of. He is the best MLB The Show player of all time. Yeah, I I understand that. But the story right now is they apologized after the owner met with the players, and they should have. So I just want to get out there, take a stance. I am with the Mets fans. Absolute embarrassment that you can have Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Marcus Stroman's on pace for 15 losses with a sub-3 ERA. You guys can't hit. I love Marcus Stroman. I know, so do I. You fire Chili Davis. You thought that was going to be the answer. Look at San Diego. They fire Larry Rothschild. Blake Snell turns into an MVP candidate. You said in Chili New Davis? York, yeah, that was their hitting coach. They fired the him. They won- still can't The guy hit. we met at golf? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why do you think he was golfing with us? I don't know. I just thought he was like a four- – I didn't know he was the hitting coach for the Mets. Yeah, he was with the A's, and he got fired there, I think, or he got fired somewhere else. But, no, he was with the Mets this year, and they fired him. So I golfed with him on July 4th in San Diego. That's why he was there. And I was just mm. looking at him the whole time, and I, like, was checking the scores at the same time. Mets have, like, two hits through eight innings against the Diamondbacks. I'm like, dude, you were wrongfully accused. Mm-hmm. They sent your ass to the, the guillotine. They cut your ass. Uh, with no proof. With no proof. So nice that's guy. why I got to talk about them. Right now, record Chili Davis, great guy. No, he can drive the ball a country mile. Well, Um, I'd hope so. That's all I had to talk about as far as them. We also had, did you see the MLB replay the other day? Yankees A's game? Uh, is MLB replay the same as NFL replay? 
or like no, I, no, game? I didn't mean the game. There was a or play, do you mean like I, a little bit. No, a bit. There was a th- oh, on was third like, base. You're asking me if I watched yeah. a game that already happened. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, there was a play on third base where the A's catcher, I think it was Jan Gomes, your boy at the time, threw an absolute strike to Matt Chapman on a, a back pick. Uh-huh. And oh no 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 it's the other way around, it was the Yankees third baseman came off the bag as he caught the ball. The guy leaning off third, I think it was Starling Marte, slid back. He was not touching the bag. Mm-hmm. Bob Melvin asked for a review because he's not touching the bag, so he can't be out. And MLB, in all their wisdom, the guys in New York called him out. They called him out when I the guy was not touching this. the bag. Because they said, you know what? There's not definitive evidence. So I got to say, MLB, fix your shit. Javi Baez, be a man. So that's where we're at. Re- re- rinse and replay is always the bane of any true sports uh, existence. Because uh-huh, like, even they, in the NFL, like they'll call people, you know, like, oh, we couldn't do, really tell. Not enough evidence. was touching yeah. out of bounds. Meanwhile, he's three inches in. The game uh-huh. depends on it. Mm-hmm. Calvin Johnson rule to catch against Chicago, which is a little it's a, bit it's a, da- it's a damn shame out. what's happening with all these replay replays going on in yeah. sports. But MLB, you have bigger issues than replay right now. The fans hate you, Rob Manfred. You are the worst. You remind me of a little finger from Game of Thrones. But at the end of the day, <laughs> man, a lot going on in baseball. The Yankees are hot. The Orioles are ice cold. Hobby Bias is an absolute clown. And you know what? MLB, fix your replay. That is our baseball talk. Now we, now that we are done talking about shitty Diamondbacks of baseball, I think that's enough Diamondbacks talk for a lifetime. Yet you and I decided to go at it there for quite some time there. I feel like if we haven't lost anybody yet, you know, they're going to stick around for the next segment being college that was, football. Mm-hmm, that was quite a long baseball segment. I'm, surpri- mm-hmm. I'm surprised that we talked baseball for like 45 minutes. Yeah, I'm surprised there's enough Diamondbacks baseball to talk about it's for shocking, 45 really. minutes. But you know what? Nine inning games, 162 of them. There's always a lot to dissect, even when you're 44 and 90. That's right. They got their 90th loss last night. Let's celebrate. But anywho, college football is back. That means NFL is right around the corner. And I'll tell you what, this weekend slate is absolutely jam-packed for the first weekend of college football. Last weekend, it was preseason. Nebraska, Illinois, not real football programs. Let's just begin with that. Nebraska, Shade of their former self, throwing out anybody with the last name Martinez to play quarterback. Taylor ain't walking through those doors. Adrian Martinez is not it. Nebraska is the equivalent of preseason football. But now we are set. Oh, and Hawaii and UCLA. I'm so sorry for telling you that Hawaii was a mortal lock at plus 18 and a half because they had the Hawaiian Islands on their helmet with the number 15, Mm -hmm. a nod to the death the late, of the late great Colt Brennan. Late great Colt Brennan, the first ever gunslinger, in my opinion, to really just you know Probably let it fly our favorite out there. college football player. Of all Fifty-eight time. tutties, fifty-eight yeah. tutties as a ran, junior. He Who ran does for that? five too. Guy's a beast. Guy was an absolute monster. Sad what happened to him. Washington never gave him a fair shot. He lit it up in preseason, then he got in the car accident in Oakland. But hey, you know what? Rest in power to one of the best. And I thought since they were paying tribute to one of the best they were going to cover, but instead Dorian Robinson, Earl Thomas, uh, D, you know, the quarterback for UCLA decided to uh, 
in all his wisdom, complete like three of 12, but still beat Hawaii by about 50. Thank the Lord we did I not know, bet that. Poor, Am I right? Those poor fucks in Hawaii. I, uh, yeah, so you told me to get on. You sent me the picture of the, the helmet with the 15 decal on it. I went, Hawaii plus 17 and a half. Oh, I was getting all jitty. I'm like, if there, if this isn't mm-hmm. you know, a sign that defense, this is a mortal lock. In your defense, I really considered it for a second. And then, my, I mean, so two, my two biggest rules are, don't bet on bad teams, which I break. Hawaii's well, and that's not that Hawaii's bad because I think they're okay last year. The second one is never bet on people that you don't know anything about. I could not tell you one person in Hawaii. No, ever since June don't Jones trust left, UCLA fits the description of a bad team. They played somebody from a shitty conference, and they have LSU coming up. Everybody might have watched the Hawaii game and said, "You know what? I think UCLA's got a chance here." LSU traveling all the way to the West Coast via the locomotive or the plane or the car or the boat mm-hmm. will be taking on Mediterranean Aqueduct. Uh, is Chip Kelly still there? Who's the UCLA yes. head coach? Yes, he is yeah. the UCLA guy. For off, but yes, Chip for, Kelly for is going to try to defend the state of California from those those uh, guys over from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, led by Ed Ogeron. But me and Garrett looked it up. Two-and-a-half-point favorites. Are, is it LSU that's two-and-a-half-point favorites or the Bruins? LSU is favorite. As they should be. So we're all yeah, in on LSU. Think, other than Arkansas, who apparently is better than I thought they were. I th- mm-hmm. Last I remember, Arkansas was that one time – I think in 2019 when you and I were watching Arkansas Mizzou and it was, I think it was Missouri senior day and Arkansas had 19 players out with like, this is before COVID. Yes. Arkansas yes, has yes, 19 yes. players out with like a viral uh, infection, like some kind of crazy thing. Uh, we get to that game. The zoo just could not keep up. They're just behind by a touchdown the entire time. Uh, Arkansas's got it. six players on the sideline that are trying. I know. Arkansas, Arkansas the, the Sycamore Falls uh, uh-huh. offensive line playing. It was insane. Uh, Roy Johnson of Bishop Sycamore was playing defensive end. Yeah, it, it was absolutely. <laughs> I think Felipe Franks was the guy there at that point. I think it was, I think it was too. But long story short, you know, I agree. Don't bet on bad teams. LSU we're gonna like a lot this weekend. Do we do we, do we know who the quarterback is? Uh, we did look it up, and then so our first uh, our first uh, shot at recording this fell through about ten minutes in because of uh, technical I'm, difficulties. I'm gonna blame I'm gonna blame Zoom. Uh, yes, we. I, did I hope their stock out, falls. Uh huh. Max Johnson is LSU's quarterback. So Miles Brennan is. is Isn't it Max Johnson the son of Brad Johnson? Is he? Yes, I believe so. He's the son of a Johnson that once took a snap at in the, in the NFL. Uh, hold, hold while I confirm. Make, make some noise. Hold the phone, ladies and worms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is important to know because lineage matters. That's true. Pedigree. Pedigree is something. Mm-hmm. He kind of looks like Brad. He's 6'5". Like yeah. Brad. Son of Super Bowl winning quarterback Brad Johnson is the nephew of former Georgia and Miami head coach Mark Wright. So... LSU by 50. I've decided. You can't tell me Brad Johnson's kid ain't going to sling it around the ballpark. You know what? It it's insane to me that his Wikipedia, I don't know where you got the Brad Johnson uh, uh, little factoid, doesn't say anything about Brad Johnson's Wikipedia. It's like, oh, he was coached by his uncle, Mark Rick. He used to be the Georgia guy. Uh huh. They just Brad, leave that part lead, out. Lead with Brad Johnson. 
Yeah, as you should. Absolute mm-hmm. scumbag move, Wikipedia. Remember, remember when he started like a Thanksgiving game and he beat the Bucks like ten to three when he was like forty for. That's good football. That is good football right there. Oh, yeah. he pulled a Todd Collins try to play a game when he was like he fifty. Really did. Yeah, I remember Todd Collins um, coming in for that NFC Championship game against Green Bay when Jay Cutler got hurt and then the other oh, quarterback God. before Haney. Caleb Haney came in. But remember uh-huh. Todd Collins checked in. He had like white hair. He looked and he was cold. Yeah. Todd Collins had one year. I can't uh, – no one fact-checked this because I could be just confirm, conflating him with uh, Josh McCown. But I'm pretty sure Todd Collins one time came in at like 15 touchdowns, two picks, over like five, six mm-hmm. games. But anywho, anywho, we're going LSU there. And I want to start with the LSU game. LSU by a mile. Um, we didn't talk about Boise State UCF yet, have we? Uh, we have not talked about Boise State UCF. UCF, uh, five and a half point favorite on the score app. And uh, their starting quarterback, Dylan Gabriel, is the quarterback from last season. Um, he's got he's a, a very, lot of experience. Took over from Mackenzie Milton. Uh, when Mackenzie Milton decided to tear every single ligament and bone in his leg. He's now at Florida State, by the way. They have not decided who the starting quarterback is going to be for the Seminoles. I, yeah. I bet it's Milton. Or, I think I mean, it should be Milton, too. Chubba Purdy, I think, is there as well. Yeah, but there was someone else that was in the running. But we'll see when they play Notre Dame on, I believe, Sunday night. But we Mike are Marvell, head coach there as well. It's, uh, for those that fun team, true, 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 true. For those that don't know, this is going to be an AAC podcast the rest of the way. Gary mm-hmm. is a Memphis fan. I love me some UCL, UCF. We like Cincinnati. On right now. Mm-hmm. Big, 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 big AAC fans. And we think UCF is going to be good, not just because of Dylan Gabriel, but ladies and gentlemen, their head coach is former Auburn head boss man, Gus Malzahn. 77-38. and 77-38 uh-huh. when he was at Auburn. He took, he took a team led by Nick Marshall, not the best quarterback in the world, and superstars Trey Mason and Sammy Coates all the way to the national title before they lost to James Winston. And, hey, don't forget Cameron Petway, too. Yes, yes, yes. I, I love the big Trey Mason. Um, yeah, Trey Mason could, could, could run it. Oh, he could cook. Um, Gus Malzahn packed up all of the sweater vests, brought them over to uh, – where is UCF? Orlando? I think it is. They're brought former Orlando. national champions. You just find the national championship banner hanging. Uh-huh. Man, that's they have the UCF's the team that has the, the – well, the UConn tried to start a rivalry with them one time. They called it civil uh, – The civil, civil War, right? It was something similar to Civil War. <laughs> it's like you, you could, they tried to start a riot when UConn got absolutely fucking smacked in a bowl game and never played them again. And then UCF, UCF like threw the trophy away and they're like, this is not I think they left it. I think they left it in Yeah, they said do not Which contact is the funniest us again. thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, they blocked their number. It was one of the most embarrassing things ever. You can't bounce back from that. And they haven't. Have you seen UConn, UConn football? No, UConn, UConn was a 30-point to Fresno State last week. And I don't uh, and they still lost by like 95. And it was like 130 degrees out. Yes, Fresno State was running laps around them. Mm-hmm. So, absolute embarrassment. But I'll tell uh, you UCF, what. UCF, they can, they can stand out this year. And I'm liking them a lot. I think they're kind of a showcase game on Thursday before the um, Minnesota-Ohio State game. But I think it's one of those games. They're playing Boise State. Boise will always Boise. But uh, Chris Peterson, was that his name? The old co- old old ball coach there? He's no longer there. Yes. He's at UW. So, those days yeah, are Boise over. State, yes, those days have been over. Boise will still compete. They'll still make their bowl games. But I think those days of going 12-1. and one, team. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, or or eleven and one, twelve and zero. The who's their quarterback? Who threw for all those yards? Uh, went to the Cowboys. It's now their OC. Uh, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Those days are done. But four o'clock Arizona time. Boise State, UCF, UCF, the Golden Knights, six point favorites, playing at the bounce house in Orlando. So tune into that game. UCF wins. I feel good about them. And what we said, they lose. Forget anything we just said. And uh, uh, we disavow. Uh And we disavow. But about an hour into that game, Ohio State and Minnesota is going to kick off. And me and Garrett were talking about that game earlier before Zoom decided to kick us to the curb. But I'll tell you what, Tanner Morgan, their starting quarterback, 30 tutties, seven picks just two years ago in P.J. Flex's first year, going from Western Michigan to Minnesota to be the head football coach. Tanner Morgan was a stud. They were a great Tanner team. Tanner Morgan was great in 2019. Yes, and then last year, three and four went to the Beavers. Are they Golden Beavers? No way. Is everyone golden? Can't golden, everyone gophers. Can't golden. golden Gophers. Golden Gophers. Golden, golden Beavers is so sick, though. Um, <laughs> golden Beavers, I know. Oh, right. Oregon, Oregon State is trying to file a trademark petition for that right now. But they went seven. They went seven and five. They went seven and five. The um. Oh no, sorry, without, sorry. They not. They went three and four. Yes, but they went three and four. They went three and four last year. And Tanner Morgan threw five picks, so two less picks than he did in 2019 in a full mm. season in only seven tutties. So something was definitely off with Tanner Morgan. The team suffered because oh, yeah. of it. They beat Michigan, and everyone's like, oh, man, they're the real deal. Well, little did we know that Michigan's an well, yeah, absolute Michigan. fucking joke of a program. Bottom five program. Uh-huh. Michigan's the, the U of A of the, the Big Ten. They're, but, they're getting there. Um, yeah. No, I think, I think for Minnesota, though, not having Rashad Bateman, very difficult to replace. Because, I mean, I don't know how they got Rashad Bateman. He came out of, I don't, I don't know if he was a high recruiter or something. Um, he kind of came out of nowhere. Minnesota is not a school that you associate with. With blinding athleticism. Uh, Eric Decker. So you, <laughs> uh, but no, you you lose a guy like that, you try to replace him. Like, I mean, drop off in production should be expected. Seven touchdowns, five picks from 30 and seven. A little, a little, yeah, that's just, I think he bounces back this year, though. I think he does two full offseason. Not being no, Ohio State, but no, the 14 point favorites. You're playing in Minnesota, you're, you're at home. First game of the season, Ohio State starting quarterback C.J. Stroud beat out Jack Miller for the starting quarterback position. It's his first start. So is there a chance? Ohio State has a lot of guys on offense. They're going to be new. because Sermon's gone. Um, that for the whole line had a complete just, you know, turnaround. Or he got new guys coming in. Receivers have left. It's yeah, new QB, Ohio State new running back. It says a lot about the program they got go over the got going on over there because when you have backups come in and start the next season and it's you know they kind of they kind of take off where the starters left off in the season prior it says a mm. lot about your program whether it was last year during the season when they were running the second team offense to spring ball running the first team offense film all that kind of stuff it says yeah. a lot about the program you're running the discipline each player has kind of the commitment they have to football there but still it is still their first game it's going to be allowed environment for those Ohio State players probably nothing out of the ordinary ordinary they were there last year they played in the national championship game mm-hmm. they've they've learned from you know Trey Sermon CJ Stroud learned from Justin Fields so you know they're gonna be fine outside of Clemson and Alabama they are the you know the powerhouse team in in oh, NCAA yeah. but 
still, 14 points is a lot for a returning quarterback and a returning coach in P.J. Fleck and Tanner Morgan. Yeah. So that will be another game that I think can be closer than many people want to uh, want to admit. Or I could be totally wrong, but as a game, I, I am eyeing. Yes, yes, yes. And like, and, and like, uh, like Minnesota plays keep away, has a solid, uh, solid day on defense, and like, you know, loses, loses by like, okay yeah, loses like by nine. 12, and when, yeah. when they, when they ask PJ Fleck if it's like a moral victory, he says there's no moral victories in football. But he you says, and I, we don't come here to, 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 uh, to cover spread, the spread, and then, and then he looks winks directly into the camera. <laughs> Winks and does Kiffin fit. for that last yeah. year against Alabama. He does that is an exact quote mm-hmm. from Winks. <laughs> does finger guns as he walks away. <laughs> um, and then heading into the nightcap, really the there's only two games after seven: Eastern Washington and UNLV, which is an absolute snooze fest. Which I'm pretty sure there will be no cameras at that game. But the late You're night game. Bring up ASU. Yep, 7.30, Southern Utah University plays Arizona State University, who is ranked 25th in the country. Arizona yeah, State. All over those fucking, uh, there's not even a spread available on my app. Now, if Arizona State loses week one to Southern Utah. Herm is... Edwards strung up and killed in, uh, on College Avenue. Fair enough. Wow. Okay, you heard it here. Southern Utah? I don't know. They can play a little. I like Herm. Okay, Nick fine. Mi- Actually, I don't. Nick I don't Miller went there. Old, old Oakland Raiders receiver. Anything's possible. And and friend to, to our, uh, you know, longtime mentor Tommy Ziegler. Yes, sir. And even look at that schedule. It's like Southern Utah, easy win. UNLV, easy win. Then BYU, that can be tough. Versus Colorado, that can be tough. So really, you got to look sharp these first two games because BYU is not going to be. You know, BYU that's in will Provo. not lay down. No, and that's in Provo. And then you got to play Colorado, who you historically have struggled with and then you got to mm. go to ucla which yeah they'll probably get curb stomped by lsu this weekend but they're still going to be a pretty decent team coached by chip kelly and yeah. then stanford you never know if they're going to kind of turn it around here eventually yes there's there the schedule's hard the end of the season you have washington oregon state and arizona you can kind of you know push off the gas a little bit but early season you got to get it get it got to get it figured out so you would like to see your sun devils where garrett graduated from and i actually have two degrees from apparently uh don't tell job employers that i do but they don't give a shit mm-hmm. and um say so you went to say so you went to devry uh-huh devry or do, do more know, for you in the long run south Harmon institute of technology but mm-hmm. yes um, so those are three games we're looking for on Thursday. We got RUCF Golden Knights. We have Minnesota hopefully keeping it in close, and ASU just kind of curb stomp, stomping Southern Utah. And then Friday. This is what I love about week one, by the way. It's Thursday through Monday games because there's no Thursday night football, and there's no Sunday night Sunday football slate, and there's no, mm. there's, there's no Monday night football. So we get a game on Thursday, plenty I of games agree. Thursday. We and then Friday. We get a Wednesday game. Yeah, but if you think I'm going to talk about UAB Jacksonville State, you have another I'm thing not, coming oh, about. Oh, I'll watch it. I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, I'm going to watch it. I'll watch anything that involves I didn't football. Uh huh. I'm not going to tell people I'm watching. If someone texts me, what are you doing? I'm going to say, oh, I'm watching Netflix or something. I'm playing video games. My, uh, when, my suspicions are right. I went to the, the little like uh, forum for the U, uh, UAB Jacksonville State thing, and all the comments are, if you're betting this game, you're a degenerate piece of shit. <laughs> It, you know, they could just left it at degenerate. They did not have to put the piece of shit part in that. Uh, but I get what you're well, saying. Well, hey. When in a row. Betting, betting little Johnny's college fund on UAB covering 16 and a half. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so we got Thursday, 
uh, all taken care of. There's a lot going on Friday. Friday, we have North Carolina versus Virginia Tech. The first game, 3 o'clock. North Carolina is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The game is being played in Blacksburg. Um, but North Carolina, a lot of people are saying that their quarterback, who you seem to love. My favorite player in college football is here, Sam Howell. He is unbelievable. I Sam really, Howell. Real Heisman candidate. Dude, I'll tell you what. I looked at their, their rushing and receiving. Michael Carter's gone. Javante Williams is gone. Right. And Dimani Brown is gone. But I looked at a lot of their receivers, a lot of guys that had 15 to 20 catches last year. They are back. A lot of guys with high average catch uh, reception yards. Josh Downs and Kafri Brown. I don't know if he's related to Monty Brown, but both those guys, big yardage dudes, 20 yards per pop when it comes to catching. And uh-huh. I think Sam Howell is going to make things happen. Sam Howell. I love this team. I love this team. I am. Yeah. So outside of them, I'd say North Carolina is the team that I'm, I'm most excited about this year. And really, North Carolina should surpass Memphis. because Memphis, Memphis is not going to compete for, like, you know, a New Year's Day 6 game. Now, five and a half, I feel like that's still laying a lot on. The, it's going to be a packed house in Blacksburg. Um, they got ahead there, early season matchup. But I think experience kills early on in the season. I think that's exactly what North Carolina has. Yeah. I think Sam Howell shows up. I really like that game a lot. It's going to be something I'm going to tune in on. And I think the Mac Tar Heels. Mac Brown building that program. Yes. And the, I think the Tar Heels. Really cool. You can't tell me the Tar Heels do not have, especially in the AAC, uh, ACC, do not have national championship aspirations or at least playoff aspirations outside you of really Clemson. Gotta, you got to take care of Clemson. That's it. Yes. You beat Clemson somehow. I mean, really, anyone that beat Clemson. But they'll get that. Clemson, Garrett, in the, in the ACC championship game. They don't play them in the regular season. They don't season. play them regular season. No, so you get to them in the national championship game. Uh, There's so many teams, and then it's split in two. Mm -hmm. But Virginia, you get what I'm saying is, if you get to the national championship game at 12 and 0 and play Uh Clemson and keep it tight and still lose, let's say Clemson goes undefeated, they get a one or two seed. There's a chance you still get the three or four. There's a chance you get a rematch in the playoffs, or at least get to go play in Alabama or in Ohio State. Well, you don't even need to be three or four this year. You need to be six, I think, or maybe eight. No, that's uh, next year. Oh, they're only doing four this year? Yeah, there's the last year of four, and then they move it up to eight. So, uh, but hate, just looking at that. Yeah, a bunch of clowns. But looking just, at their just schedule. Just expand it already. What is it, what's it, how does it hurt? It makes yeah. you money. Saturday, October 30th at Notre Dame. That's the big game for North Carolina. But right now, you can't look forward to that. They have Miami and Florida State the weeks prior to that. But right now, they got to lock in. This could be somewhat of a trap game. Average, you lose this game, it's over. You'd have to beat Clemson. You don't want yeah. to get in that situation. Yeah, you, you want to be yeah, able to play you, Clemson you close. This one to unranked Virginia Tech. It's over. Yes. So we have that game on Friday. And really, the other games, Michigan State, Northwestern, it'll be fun to watch. And that's about Actually, it. Actually, before, before we move on. Don't um, say Kansas, South Dakota. Do not put Kansas on the hot seat. Do not say no, there's a chance. Not, Is that what you're no, going to say? No, no, no. Uh, they do have some awful jerseys that they just unveiled. Um, no, but no, last year's. The, probably the most fun we've ever had watching football. Okay, not the most fun, but one of the best games I've ever seen. North Carolina, Virginia Tech last year. Do you remember that game? It's like 56 45 or some shit. North Carolina. I won. do remember that game. You were on North we Carolina. We took the over. I was on yes. North Carolina and we took the over. And they beat the over by like 46 points or some shit. Yes, yes, yes. I think it could be just like that from last year. Virginia Tech's going to have to score to keep up. That's just a fact. Oh, absolutely. 
but that's really the only game that really matters when it comes to Friday. And then we head over to the Saturday slate. Um, a lot of good games for the most part. Um, there's about five I circled here. One being Penn State, Wisconsin. Both teams mm-hmm. that correct me if I'm wrong, but when I look at those two teams, I think of like, I think of bowl games that matter that aren't playoff games as their ceiling. Like I don't think they'll ever the make the playoffs. Bowl. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever make the playoffs because they'll never beat Ohio State. And I think they're still good enough to lose two, three games within the season. They still make a really good bowl game, play an SEC team or a Big 12 team, maybe the winner of the Pac-12. The Chick-fil-A bowl. Yeah, something like a New Year's Six Bowl. That's what I think. I think a New Year's Six Bowl that's not a playoff game. Is that correct, would you say? Yeah. Well, Penn State, yes. Um, I'm not I'm not really sold on Wisconsin. Sorry. Sorry, Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, no, forgive, I, don't, yeah. I just don't. I don't, I don't think Jonas is going to hear this. No. <laughs> uh, I don't, I He'll don't say he'll listen to this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't expect him to sit through an hour hour of Diamondbacks talk. And yeah, D-backs talk. Football. Yes, um, but... I don't know. Graham Mertz is solid. He had that really good game early, early last season where he threw five uh-huh. touchdowns. And Big Cat um, called him the Heisman Trophy winner early. Uh, and then he was just like, you know, solid for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I uh, I like Penn State a lot more, but Penn State is also. I mean, I feel like they're kind of more of a factory than Wisconsin. Wisconsin always has a great running back. Um, uh-huh. Penn State, I think, just is more athletic. Historically, is always better on defense. Now, did they have that returning quarterback? Not, but, uh, Sean Clifford, I think. Yeah, is Sean Clifford still there? He's like forty, but I mean, the COVID Sean year. There's Clifford, a chance. I think. I think you think Sean Clifford's forty because him and Trace McSorley look. Pretty much identical. Uh huh. And I think that they kinda, also might have worn the same number. I think I think that would be a good quarterback battle in uh, in Madison this weekend. So that's uh-huh. another interesting game. I think whoever wins that's going to have a really nice win on their resume when it comes to a New Year's Six Bowl. Wisconsin wins at home. Penn State goes on a little bit of a run. That's a really good win on a schedule that's pretty lighthearted. I'm looking at it right now. They play Michigan, who's really not that good anymore. They play Notre Dame. They play Illinois, play Iowa. That's about it. You know what I'm saying? And then same with Penn State. You look at their schedule. I mean, they also they have Ohio State. But if you count, they have Villanova, by the way. But that'd be a good basketball game. But I know. Yeah, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan. I think this is a big game for both teams because there's a chance one of them finishes the season as a two-loss team, and they're going to into year six bowl. So that's going to be a yeah. fun one to watch. Another there's a lot of fun games on Saturday. Yeah, obviously, in, like Texas, Louisiana, Lafayette. Yes, there yes. People yes. like predicting Texas to drop that game. I don't see that at all. They, they, UL Lafayette is ranked. They are ranked. I I see that too. I just. What am I missing? What, it, one what did they things. do last? They, That's what I'm saying. What, what am I, I missing? Last year? No, I remember they finished ranked last year. But how often is UL Lafayette like a like consecutively ranked team? You know what? I don't even. I don't know who's. I don't know a single. No, I, they, they must have, you know, I, I, I really don't know. I, I, I really, really don't know where they came from or how, how they, how they did it, but somehow they bamboozled their way into mm, a top point. Texas too. And do you have a line on that one? Texas is an eight point favorite on score. That's crazy. If you would have told Texas fans that they were going to be, eight point favorites against UL Lafayette like 10 years ago, they'd call us idiotic. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we'd be like an 18, 19. They just stabbed you with Bevo's horns. 
Yeah, you get it. You get it. Some people mm. just get it, Garrett, and you're one of them. Mm. Um, another another great, uh, not really a great game in the state of Texas, but one that just, like, between unranked teams, I do kind of, I am excited for is Texas Tech-Houston. In Houston, Tech's a one-point favorite. And that, that's probably going to be a shootout. Oh, absolutely. Dana Holgerson versus uh, – uh, who's in charge of Texas Tech now? Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. I don't know. Soon to be Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Against and Cliff Kingsbury when he comes back from cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love Houston. Dana Holgerson is one of my favorite coaches of college football. I think they I think they, uh, they win that game at home. But going, going back to um, UL Lafayette, just did a little quick research on them. They did finish ranked last year. They finished 16th 19. or 15th oh. in the country. Um, and I looked at their schedule, kind of see what teams they beat. They did beat Iowa State with Brock Purdy 31-14 at their place. So that's the big win that they had last year. Their one loss came against Coastal Carolina, 27-30. And now in the grand scheme of things, you look back at that, it's a pretty bit close game right there against a really good team. Coastal Carolina was legit last Coastal year. Carolina is still good. I mean, I uh, – yes. I, I almost brought them up because they play they play some shit ball team, I think, on Thursday. Um, but I, I didn't think it was worth talking about. I do but love, is, for the record, I love Coastal Carolina. I love uh, McCall, quarterback there. So I, what I'm getting at, though, Garrett, is maybe this team's a lot better than I was giving it credit to be because that's a big win against Iowa State and a pretty close game against Coastal Carolina. And I looked for their quarterback last year, Levi Lewis. Remember the name Levi Lewis. He, three years three-year starter it looks like at louisiana lafayette last really? year 60 percent completion percentage 2200 yards 19 touchdowns seven picks okay. uh, not not a four-year starter sorry three-year starter two-year starter but he played in 14 games in 2018 and just looking at this guy right now 510 184 where's number one so that is always a cause for concern for opposing defenses uh-huh um, you put one on anybody yes rushing threat so all i'm saying right now is this louisiana lafayette team do not sleep on them just because of the team 10 and 1 last year really good games against iowa state and coastal carolina and they got a returning quarterback so you know what hmm. that is a game that we should be locked in on and texas being an point favorite that might be a little too much so i'm just looking at this i mean you play coastal carolina close you got my respect that's all i'm saying that's um, true another game that i circled is one that I don't think is going to be very close, and I know you don't think it's going to be very close, and that's Alabama-Miami. I've seen this oh. story before, this whole song and dance of, you know, is Miami back? Can Alabama be Miami's upset? Miami's not Miami's back. Team that's not Clemson. The answer is absolutely Fuck no. Not a chance. I always take the points when it comes to this situation with Alabama. It just seems like they, they build it up, especially with Miami. They want to build it up, whether they're playing Florida State or really anybody that's not a Clemson or Ohio State. They want to build this game up or an LSU. Mm-hmm. They, they want to get eyes on the TV. They put it on ABC. They put it on primetime. And Miami and these type of teams always seem to disappoint. And it looks like Miami's not, a, maybe it, may, might fold as a program. After yeah, they're not back. Miami is 100 percent not back and i don't need to watch the first quarter or second quarter of this game to realize that i'll look at the stat sheet thank you yeah i'm not interested we said yeah we said a lot of things we, we said that we think ucf is going to be legit this year we think lsu is going to curb stomp southern utah we think north carolina is going to be able to you know beat virginia tech pretty soundly but this is the my most confident of all the things i've said so far is that alabama will undoubtedly curb stomp and kick 
into submission the Miami Hurricanes. This you think they cover, covered 19 and a half? Yes. I'm going to say so my too. final score prediction is 42-21. Yeah. I was going to say 42-10. Yeah, I think 21 is too much because I'm thinking how are they going to score three touchdowns? You're going to score three times. I don't do Derek King. is going to get bobbled up. Yes. 42-17. Uh, I change it. I change it. Uh, there is – so there, there's one game left that obviously is the most important game. The, yes, the, 100%. Georgia-Clemson. Before we yes. get into that, did you see the disrespect that they're putting on Dustin Crum's name? No. Explain yourself. Texas A&M, 28.5-point favorites over Kent State. That Texas A&M, I get it. Ten, Kent State's not going to win. I Something is telling me Dustin You mean Crum the quarterback from last year or two years ago – and last that, year, the one against that Pitt and that bowl game, he went yes. off last year too. We watched him against Pitt in the bowl game in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like 30 for 33 like, for like 350 and like four scores and two rushing four scores and then ran for 120. Yes, two scores. He was insane. Uh, I'm glad you pointed that out because I did not see that. But if you're telling me Dustin Crum is getting what did you say 28? 28 and a half. They might win that game straight up. No, I don't think I don't really like Texas A&M. Uh, no way they win that game, but I think Dustin Crump can score enough where it's uh, – he can keep it within 30. He should be able to. At least. I, I agree like 100% that. with that. 100% with that. I'm, I'm actually going to get action on that game. So if you I'm guys – going to too. Listeners, if you want to ride on that game, put whatever you want on it, hit me up, let me know. But I think uh, the Moose and Friends podcast is putting their stamp of approval on Kent State. Plus 28 points. <laughs> putting our stamp of approval also on Alabama. That was the same right stamp. Pals. Mm. Um, um, yes, let's get to Georgia Clemson. Who do you who do you think wins this game? So, is this remember at Clemson Stadium or this is in Atlanta? No, this is in Charlotte. This is, this is in Charlotte, North Bank Carolina, of America Stadium. So this is basically um, basically a home game for Clemson. And I bank with B of A, but still, mm-hmm. um, I do think Georgia wins this game. JT Daniels, man, JT Daniels. You think Georgia wins? I'm taking the quarterback with experience, a wee bit of experience. Um, yes, PJ, I'm going to go with – yes, he lit up Notre Dame, but at the same day, time, you got to pick a side, Garrett. Is Notre Dame fraudulent or are they for real? Notre Dame's defense is not fraudulent. Are you saying that Ian Book is fraudulent? Watch your um, mouth. Here. Ian Book is mouth. fraudulent. That's Ian Book is very, nice. very fraudulent. Uh, would, you say that? Would, like you say that to, would you say that to his dad? Ian Book's dad? Yeah, or his wife and kids, or his dog. Um, would you say, hey? His dog, I would say it too. His your dad pops is probably involved in some secret society that would get me killed if I said it. Yeah, 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 that's most people. His dad's, his dad's in the Bohemian Grove right now. Uh-huh, Bohemian Rhapsody. But yeah, I, I'm taking Georgia. <laughs> I'm taking Georgia. Okay, I, I just we'll split see. on that one. All right, we'll split on that one. I'm just JT Daniels. I'm all in. Um, I'm not very confident in that one. I think that's going to be a fourth. It's four thirty kickoff. I think that's a good, you know, get 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 a lot of your chores done during the day. Get home for kickoff, mm-hmm. crack open a cold one, and just enjoy that football's back because I think it's going to be a packed house yeah. and a big game. It's going to be fun, and that's really the the last big game. Other than yeah, another State. one, if you are desperate, USC uh, at home, San Jose State is a, is a fourteen point favorite. Which is not that much considering it's San Jose State. I was just about to say San Jose State plays like in a in, in a kiddie pool when it comes to their stadium. So oh yeah, that is a good one. I like that. Yeah, That's Saturday. Out of water. 
we got some nice night games to wrap up the night. BYU, U of A, you can watch U of A still struggle to make an impact in the Pac-12. But I will say it looks like Gunnar Cruz is going to be the starting quarterback out of Castile High School in Queen Creek. Um, I played him, or we played him when I was over at Verado coaching wide receivers over there, and he lit us up to the tune of like 450 yards in the air and five scores. Kid's mm. got an absolute rocket for an arm. So I am excited to see what he can do. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, big kid, too, as well. Um, he's definitely a Power 5 quarterback. Uh, he transferred from Washington State, where he uh, played for the Cougars last year. So I'm a little high on U of A because of their quarterback situation. They also have the plumber kid from Gilbert High School. So yeah, see what they can do. Nevada, California could care less. New Mexico State, San Diego State, Snooze Fest, Portland State, Hawaii at 9 p.m. Anybody that ever bets on the Hawaii 9 p.m. game is doing it for two reasons. One, they're an absolute degenerate and they need try to avoid, Try to avoid a payout. <laughs> or two are trying to avoid a payout from their bookie because they've been absolutely crushed. So you put money on the Hawaii game, hoping to dear God, it's a Hail Mary throw mm. uh, to get your negative balance down. So that uh, is your Friday or oh, Saturday yeah. slate. That's and the Sunday. last of it. Oh, Notre there is Dame, Sunday. Florida Notre Dame, Florida State. Uh, Notre Dame wins that game, unfortunately. I like Florida yeah. State. I also like Miami. I don't think Florida State's back. I do want to see who starts a quarterback there. I'm very excited about that. Notre Dame starting that four-star quarterback. Um, let me get his name really quick. No longer Ian Book, who spent about nine years there, as most Notre Dame quarterbacks do. But this time around, Dane Jack Chris Cone. with a, with a surprise. Yeah, Dane Chris. Uh, what was that guy's name? Tommy Reese? Yeah. It's uh-huh. going to be Jack Cohen. Jack Cohen will be the starting quarterback for the Irish. You still have – what's his name? Cohen? C-O-H-E-N? C-O-A-N. Oh, okay. I was going to say – Cohen. Um, I was, was going to say, Cohen, traditionally a Jewish last name. But they're uh, you know, little, little okay, fish so out of water. Notre Dame. Okay, okay. I get it. I fish out of water. Uh, they are playing at Bobby Bowden Field at Duke Campbell Stadium. Bobby Bowden just passed away. So this could be a uh, Hawaii type of situation where I say, hey, put the house on Florida State. They're playing for uh, Bobby and they lose by about 50. Um, how, about, then, uh, how about Illinois beating Nebraska and then getting no respect, getting five and a half points at home versus UTSA? Who's getting five and a half points at home? UTSA. I'm sorry. Illinois' favorite, but only by five and a half versus. I thought UTSA basically is actually announced. No, they're, they're, they were a bowl team two years ago. They were, I think they run like a triple option type of wing T type of offense. Yeah, sort of like a, like a FCS Southwest. Yeah. yeah okay. Maybe not like, <laughs> what, what is this? NCAA football 14. No, I think they run like kind of like a, I'm trying to think UTSA is um, comparable to like almost like a, like an arm is good type of deal. They're not mm. bad. I don't think they're a bad program at all. I think they played uh, like Georgia Southern in a bowl game, one of the early ones, and I think they run for a lot of yards. So maybe that's it. Oh, Ham is adorable. Um, and then Monday night, 5 p.m. game. I don't think it, the teams matter much. Louisville against Ole Miss, but it gives you something to do. 75 and a half yeah. points over under. That's the type of game I want on a standalone. That's all night. I want. That's all I want. I could care less who wins. I just want to see touchdown after. T- I just want to see the ball go into the end zone. I want to get. Mm-hmm. I, I want to get mental. I would miss. I would miss NFL, NFL football season. for Louisville on this Monday. Yes. Night. That better be on ESPN. It they is should have gone Texas Tech Houston, but this is next best up. You know, Louisville on this has ESPN as the classic written. Yes. All over it. Well, because Matt Carroll's their quarterback at Ole Miss, and he, there's nothing he won't do. The guy will awesome. Johnny Manziel to, to. Um, Lamar Jackson when he's in the backfield. It'll do just about any chance. Um, good or bad. So that will be fun. But that is our college football talk. We are excited. I think most importantly, a lot of guys will say this when it comes to week one, is they'll sit back week one and not bet too much and kind of find out what these teams are all about. 
whether who's mm-hmm. the new signal caller or how's the offensive line look or who are the new skill guys for us. We're, we'll, it looks like we're going to dabble. We're going to sprinkle some. I think we will dabble. Right it's probably that was the strategy last year. And uh, Iowa State lost to God. I can't even remember. Would have been you all off yet because that's who they lost week one to. Oh, to be. yeah. Yeah, I was I was working at I was I was selling basically subprime mortgages. They had a TV on <laughs> Iowa State. I had to go in on a Saturday. Iowa State got their asses kicked. And I remember everybody in the well, office. T- Jackson comes up to my desk, fuming mad, just hands on his hips. Because you told him to bet it. Well, yeah, but hey, you know this will be a better year. No. Since. 2021, the year of our Lord. I think this will be a better year, so I am excited. So we are. We will be next Thursday when the pod comes out. We'll be talking about all these games and how right or wrong we were. But let's be honest, how right we were. So that's our college football talk, and now it's time to head into a little fantasy football talk. Not a whole lot. A lot of people are having their drafts, whether it was last weekend or this weekend. And me and Garrett have two drafts coming up this weekend. A lot of people talk about their fantasy football drafts. I'll tell you what, no one really cares mm-hmm. at all at unless all. you share players, and that's about it. And that kind of similarity that you have with the other person lasts about like six seconds, and then they don't uh-huh. care anymore. And so then they forget you, do, you have the same players. Then, yeah. so please don't. Whatever you do, do not bring up your fantasy football drafts, whether at work, whether at school, whether on the bus, whether, whether – And if it's non-PPR, don't bring it up in general. Yeah, you live in a stone age. You're antiquated mm-hmm. and get lost. Nah, I will look start, at you. I will look down at you. Was a, uh, was a I'll look down at you from my ivory tower if you play a non-PBR. <laughs> so that's our fantasy football talk. Do not talk to people about your fantasy football team. And lastly, me and Garrett are going to do a segment every single week where we take, whether it's a current event or an anniversary event, and we pick players based off of it. It's not necessarily a Mount Rushmore. It's not necessarily a snake draft or anything. It's fielding a team, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, or any other sport. And today we are doing skill positions on offense of guys that have been hurt early on in the season or in the preseason, college football or NFL. So, I also I have one defender, just a heads up. Because I, that's fine. That's fine. I have a whole team. That came into my head. Okay. I have a whole team at one point. All right. So, I'll, let you, I'll let you choose the choose, uh, first. I get to go first, and then Garrett gets two picks. My first pick is going to be Jordy Nelson, Garrett. Jordy Nelson in 2015. 2014, he was fresh off his only Pro Bowl nod. Career high, 1,500 yards and 98 receptions. And what happened? He gets hurt, tears his ACL in the preseason in 2015. The Packers go 10-6. and Their number one receiver is Randall Cobb. They're still pretty good, but they lose to AC in the divisional, and not one receiver on the Packers went over for 1,000 yards. They lost 26-20 to the Cardinals. If Jordy Nelson's there, good chance they win, go to another Super Bowl, get Rodgers a second ring. I don't know. But Jordy Nelson, that's a wide receiver one. And he was oh, going yeah. in fantasy. And he was, he was in his prime. Yes, yes, yes. He, fresh off 1,500 yards, that's almost 100 yards so a year. Late. Yes. So Jordy Nelson, that's my first overall pick. Playing the outside, playing the X receiver. What do you got? You got two picks. Um, okay, so my favorite, I think this is the this is the, this is one of the first ones that came to mind. Ben Roethlisberger. When? I think you might th- you might start thinking, oh, Big Ben, he's played so long that most of the time he's healthy around the side of the season. 
I first started watching football, it was the it was the motorcycle accident year. So Ben Roethlisberger gone for the first four weeks because he has to get skin grafted from somebody else to, to not. That's look like so movie. funny. I forgot about that. Yes, he he uh, had a couple episodes early on in his life. And they though, hurt his back. Uh-huh. Then there was the bathroom stall. Yeah, the bathroom and the Eminem made fun of him in a song. Um, All right, that's exactly, a good pick. Yeah. So, so Ben got Roethlisberger, big- and then. Uh, I'm gonna take this guy just because I, I don't want you to take him. Austin Collie. And that's okay. not a that's not a oh I remember a certain time when he was injured for the season. He just made a glass. He only gets a couple games. Yeah, so Austin Collie when he got absolutely uh folded against the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Or Anthony that. Gonzalez. You can, you can interchange those two. Okay. My next pick is gonna be Sam Bradford. Got hurt three okay. games into his last season after you know, two thousand nine. Coming in, Oklahoma looking to win a national championship. They went 12 and 2 the year before, lost the BCS title game to Florida, to Florida. and your favorite quarterback, Tim Tebow. No. Bradford gets hurt. No. Sooners go 8 and 5 instead of 12 and 2 again, or make another BCS championship game. Landry Jones is their quarterback. Do not really Jones. work out. Sam he's Bradford, still, that's my quarterback. And my other quarterback, I'm going to take two, is okay. Jason Street. <laughs> okay. Jason Street got hurt in the first game of the season. Who were they playing? Arnett Mead? He threw a pick. I think maybe. Tried to make a tackle. Became a quadriplegic. Mm-hmm. It's never the he same. Did, he did use a hit stick. He did use a hit he stick. He did fumble. force a fumble, yes. Mm-hmm. So Jason Street and Sam Bradford are my quarterbacks if I have to have to. All right. You get okay, two, I like that. A couple more rounds. Um,. I was going to do like an injury wish team because Tom Brady has done it before. I'm going to leave him off because I already have Big Ben. I don't need two QBs. And Matt uh, Castle, it was better anyways. Uh-huh. Yeah, almost. I mean, I think they went 10-6, and 11-5, somehow didn't make the playoffs. But Castle was great. Mm-hmm. Um, proved, it completely proved my uh, anyone could win a New England uh, hypothesis. You get it. Uh, I'm going to take Reggie Bush. When he get hurt. Reggie Bush tore his ACL constantly. Would have concussions, hurt his ribs, ankles. Look at look at Reggie Bush's uh, season stats. Very rarely Reggie Bush play like twelve or more games, especially especially in New Orleans. All right, who else you got? And then I'm gonna go AJ Green. Okay, AJ Green made a glass. Completely made a glass. He probably the most he didn't, often. He didn't play his first game last, last year until years. he didn't play his I first game last year until like week twelve. I don't even remember him suiting up last year. Yes. Okay. Was my, my, per- no. my two picks here are going to be Stefan Johnson. You remember him? The running back? From USC, who uh, oh. was on the bench press and dropped it on his neck. Wow, so that is yes. hilarious. I, Stephon- yeah, I remember that. Stefan Johnson's going to be one of my running backs. And then my other receiver, opposite of Jordy Nelson, is going to be Jeremy Macklin. They were four and twelve, uh, the year prior when he was in uh, Philly. Then they went to ten and six. But they could have used him in the wild card game against New Orleans. He was not there. That's when uh, Nick Foles threw twenty seven touchdowns and two picks. They had they had Chip Kelly. That season was insane. They had they had Lashawn McCoy. They had Deshaun Jackson. Every they had Riley Cooper. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's so I got Macklin and Nelson on the outside. I got Stephon Johnson at running back, and then I got Jason Street and. Um, your boy uh, Sam Bradford splitting reps at quarterback. All right, two, okay, two well, more picks for you, pal. No injury list would be would be complete without Darren McFadden. Fair enough. Darren McFadden, 
the amount of times I've seen McFadden play seven games in the season is insane, especially the like around the Dennis Allen year where they just ran him into the ground one year and he had like 1,300. And then mm-hmm. I think he could, I don't think there was a rule made on the Raiders that he couldn't have consecutive carries after that season. Like that a lot. Um, let's see. You're not, I mean, you're not going to like this one. Jalen Hurd. I don't think Jalen Hurd is suited up for the 49ers. No, no, no. I did. And you take him every year in fantasy. So uh-huh. like he that. was my fantasy namesake one year. Mm-hmm. My, my name was Fuck What You Heard. All right. I like that a lot. Um, my last pick will be number 54 from Bishop Sycamore, who got hurt in the game against IMG. Uh-huh. They did not have him on the roster. It must suck that he probably got done with the back-to-back shifts over at um, Safe Glass Auto Repair and then hopped mm. on the bus and headed Poor to guy. Orlando to play IMG, and then he blew his shit out. So Bishop Sycamore, Imagine. number 54. Do you have any Imagine. honorable mentions? I do have one honorable mention. It's the defender, Bob Sanders. Bob Sanders is a two-time pro bowler. Uh-huh. Bob Sanders is a uh-huh. two-time pro bowler. Never played more than six games other than those two years. The only, the only reason I remember because he's hurt all year uh, for Indianapolis in 06. Mm-hmm. hurt the entire season they were awful he somehow came back for the playoffs completely changed the team um, they that's won, a good one in the super bowl but yeah only only played more than six games twice. i'm gonna go with my only honorable mention i have to go here with probably case Keenum. um Love him. Got his junior season after throwing for 5500 yards and like 40 scores mm-hmm. uh, he's off a cliff and then the next year they went 12 and 1 in Kevin Sumlin's last year before he went to Texas A&M and Case uh-huh. Keenum, you forget he threw for 5,600 yards 45 scores and 7 picks or 5 picks sorry. he was That's so good disgusting. he was a threat to the cold running record like whenever he stepped on the field he was so that I think those are some good injured players that we just we just named oh yeah and I think this was a good podcast Garrett I think we did a good job I think we did we did pretty solid considering we, no. I think I think some of our best best juice was used uh, in the uh, in the the lost tapes of uh-huh, uh, that no one will ever see ever again. Uh-huh, the only only the uh, NSA has uh, as they're looking over our file. But yeah, no, it's great. I had a fun time. All right. Well, this is the podcast for this week. We'll be back next week with a college football rundown, everything that happened in week one and more. We'll get ready for the NFL season and we'll look back at the week that the Dimebacks had. But we will spend significantly less time talking about that downward spiral of a team for i am alec musa that's gareth ceases it was a fun time talking to you guys see you next week if i made a milli then my mommy made a milli clearly on my next step took me four hours why you can be my guest hard to catch sunshine waiting by my desk yeah. you want fun times i need nothing less i don't want to wait too long do i have to a lot of racing